Happy New Year, my friends. Happy New Year 2024 and season number seven of the What If Project. We just keep ticking along. Can you believe it? Seven seasons. Uh, Entering our sixth year, because in our first year we did two seasons, because the first season was from like August to December. Then I started season two in January. Now we've been on this yearly rotation of seasons. But season seven of the show, thank you. Really, thank you for being on this journey with me. Some of you have been here since the beginning. I don't know how you've hung in there this long, (laughs) but you're still here. And uh, I can't thank you enough for your support. Uh, This podcast has meant the world to me. Uh, Now I'm going to get sentimental because I can, okay? It's New Year, new season, all the things. But this podcast has meant a lot to me because it's really been my companion through my some real big shifts in my life and uh, in my in my spiritual journey and I've rethought a lot of things I've explored a lot of territory and it's been really tempting at times there's a lot of temptation in the podcasting world to kind of string together episodes that you know people want to hear Right, because you know, you know, by this time in, like I know what gets the downloads, I know the names that bring in uh, the fresh faces and kind of bump those numbers and those stats up. But sometimes those voices and those topics are not the ones that are interesting me or in, uh, yeah, grabbing my interest in this moment. Uh, and this podcast has always been about me exploring the questions I have and inviting other people along for the ride. And we explore those questions by talking to voices who are different than my own, right, than our own. Because I, like many of you, grew up in a a very evangelical world. And so I know what those voices say about hell. I know what those voices say about atonement. I know what those voices say about inerrancy. I know what those voices say about tarot cards, about astrology, about mediums. I know what those voices say about the Gnostic scriptures. I know what those voices say because I was raised in that system, right? From the fourth grade through the 12th grade, and then a, a private, and then a, I'm sorry, a Bible college, and then a seminary and pastoring a church and back to seminary again. I know what the voices say. And so now I'm in this place where I'm asking, well, what about these other voices, right? What about somebody who grew up in this kind of uh, world of spirituality or somebody who comes from this place or somebody who has these experiences. Like a couple weeks ago, we talked to Shannon Kearns, right? A transgender man. I know what evangelicals say about the Bible. I don't know what a transgender man says about the Bible. I want to hear what his relationship, his experience with these stories that I grew up with is like and what can I learn from him, right? We don't have to land on agreeing with everybody, but isn't it interesting that we can listen to somebody's story and learn from their perspective And maybe that will actually make our perspective even stronger or maybe kind of solidify things more in place for us in terms of our faith and things like that. So this has been a fun ride, right? And we're 271 episodes in. And today we're starting something really interesting. We're going to start a series today. Uh, It's going to run from today. So today is obviously Monday, January 1st. Uh, And we're going to have a new episode every single day through next Monday. What the heck? Yes. 
January 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th, there will be new a new episode every single day. We're calling this series New Ideas for the New Year. New Ideas for the New Year. And I'm going to drop some voices in this week. We're going to talk to you, talk to us about lots of different ideas that are going to stretch us in lots of different ways. Now, there's two reasons I want to do this. Number one is because I want to do this series, this New Ideas for the New Year series. Number two is I have a backlog of episodes. Uh, When my father passed away in March, I stopped everything for like four or five months. And everything I had recorded in the spring or January, February... Um, those got kind of put in the vault and they didn't start coming out until like September. And like, I'm still actually, I just got caught up before Christmas with the episodes I had recorded, uh, last spring and then like early in the fall, like September-ish. And so I still have a backlog though. So I want to release some episodes now, uh, to get myself kind of caught up. I'm still going to be backlogged a little bit, but not quite as much. And then we'll start doing, you know, regular weekly episodes, on the, the 8th will be is a Monday. That'll be the last day of this series. Then we'll go to the 15th, 22nd, you know, on and on and on uh, once a week. And we'll probably do once a week up until the summer. And then maybe we'll do bi-weekly or something. I haven't decided yet what I'm going to do. But anyway, that's what's happening this week. New ideas for the new year. And uh, today we're talking to Stephanie Capone. It is her second visit to the show. And she's going to talk to us about her book, Guided Astrology workbook, a step-by-step guide for deep insight into your astrological signs, birth chart, and life. (laughs) New ideas for the new year. Some of you I know are into astrology. You've told me, and that's awesome. I have never dabbled uh, until I I started to connect with Stephanie, and she uh, kind of really uh, piqued my interest, I guess you could say. And it's fascinating, right? Like growing up, again, evangelical, evil, sinful, demonic, right? All these different things. But then I started thinking one day, and I said this in the episode to Stephanie, and she said it, she actually brought it up, and I you know, kind of affirmed what she was saying, that, you know, the the wise men who went to see Jesus, who really brought us to Jesus, uh, they were essentially astrologers from the East. Uh, they were magi. They were astrologers. And that made me think like astrology in a sense brought us to the feet of the baby Jesus. And what if in some way astrology has some kind of knack, some kind of ability to bring us a little bit deeper into the heart of God? And so I've been exploring it. And what Stephanie's going to do, this episode is on YouTube. You might want to watch this on YouTube uh, either pause this and go over there or maybe watch it on YouTube later because she's actually going to read me my birth chart. <laughs> she's going to tell me why I am the way I am. <laughs> and it's so interesting because there's so many things that like she was walking me through my birth chart. I'm like, yo, get out of my head. That's super weird that like, you know that by looking at my birth chart because so many things were like spot on. There's one time and she'll talk about this. There's one thing in my chart where she's like, you are wired. You are absolutely wired into this, the DNA of your soul to reach into the closet and touch all the taboo things and drag them out into the light 
to dispel all of the fear that's around them. I'm like, yes, that's why I do this podcast. And she's like, that makes so much sense as to why like you love the tarot stuff, the astrology stuff. We just had a conversation a bunch of weeks back with Dana Hicks about marriage. And we we talked about a whole bunch of things in there and just touching all these taboo things that we've always been told, don't question, don't touch, lock them up in the closet, lock the door, chain the door, throw gasoline and a match in there and never look back, right? And I'm like, no, because I think the stuff in there is not as scary as we've been told it is. And I love that. And now I know why. And Stephanie said, you can honestly say that when you sit down at your computer, turn on this microphone, like you're living your calling. I can't tell you how affirming that was for me and how helpful. And there's multiple moments like that in this episode where I actually had a pause because it struck me so hard that I didn't even know what to say. Uh, it was so good. You've got to get this book. Like if you, if you seriously, this episode kicking off the new year, if you want like new year, new you <laughs> kind of thing, new year to kind of maybe look deeper into yourself, I should say, uh, this book is is really, really good. She takes you step by step uh, through how to look at your birth chart, what it all means, and you're going to come away with some really wild stuff. I used to think that astrology was like you just go get the newspaper and look up the horoscope, right? Like back in my, back in the day, you know, and got a newspaper, it was in a magazine, whatever. Now you can go online, download apps, whatever. I thought that was it, right? But it's so much more than that. And uh, it's so, it's so good. So anyway, Stephanie, Stephanie Capone talking to us today about her book uh, on astrology. And then tomorrow we'll have somebody else, Wednesday, somebody else, Thursday, somebody else, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all the way to Monday. A new episode every day. How exciting is that, my friends? Welcome to a new year, to season seven of the What If Project podcast. All Stephanie's links are in the show notes. Also links to my books, Rethinking Everything, Emerging from the Rubble. Link to Patreon if you want to support the show financially. And also a link if you want to do a one-time support option as well to drop uh, a one-time donation, you can do that as well. So anyway, my friends, episode number 271, season seven of the show, Stephanie Capone is going to guide us into astrology. Buckle up, get ready, and remember, head over to YouTube and check it out there because you can see the whole birth chart laid out for you as she explains to me, to us, why I am the way I am. This is a good one. Enjoy. Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Today we're joined by repeat guest, someone who has become a virtual friend of mine of sorts after our first episode together. Her name is Stephanie Capone. She's here to talk to us about her new book, Guided Astrology Workbook, a step-by-step guide for deep insight into your astrological signs, birth chart, and life. And so Stephanie, welcome back to the show. It's an honor. 
Thank you, Glenn, so much for having me back. I loved our first episode that we recorded. And yes, we kind of became friends, but obviously you are so much Aquarius. So you were friends with everybody. You are here to be friends and to connect people. I am the friend. (laughs) That's awesome. Perfect sense. That's Um, right. Glad to be back here. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. So first things first, you are a new mom, eight months in. Tell us about how it's going. Are you getting enough sleep? Are you caffeinated? How's it going? <laughs> I'm coffee right here. All the we, caffeine, yes. <laughs> all the caffeine. This is like the second or third cup of the day. Yep. She's doing great. She actually sleeps incredible. Oh, good. I. That's a I, huge knock on wood or whatever we got to do. <laughs> I, um, I have to. I have to thank astrology for it because. And we'll kind of talk about that a little bit, but, you know, you can kind of plot and plan Mm -hmm. a little bit with when you're going to give birth. So I made sure to give birth when the moon was in Taurus, because a Taurus moon is notorious for being a great sleeper. Mm, There you go. Wise decision. No, no Aries moons, no Gemini moons that are going to be like, "Ah," with all the cat energy, I want the chill, sleepy baby. And she certainly loves her routine and loves her her sleep. That's awesome. Well, congratulations. Thank you. All right. So there is a lot to explore today. And since your book is about astrology, signs and birth charts and all the things, what I thought we could do is use my sign and my chart as kind of like an example for our conversation. And then maybe you can speak to our listeners a little bit about working through your book and kind of discovering insights into their own charts and their own life. But before we get into any of that, I was wondering if you could first speak to our listeners who maybe heard the word astrology and they're about to turn off the podcast. <laughs> and I asked that because as you know, from our last conversation, just being friends, you know, I and many of our listeners come from that evangelical background where very conservative, very fundamentalist. And we were taught that things like astrology and tarot, which was our last conversation, are these tools of the devil and like dabbling in them, you know, even a small bit is going to lead us away from God lead us away from faith, lead us away from all these different things. Now, I don't think that anymore. Our listeners probably don't either. But even so, I think for people that come from that world, the word astrology carries a lot of baggage with it because we've been told so many different things about it. So maybe before we jump into the birth chart and the signs, all the things, do you have any wisdom that you can maybe speak to kind of calm the anxiety that people might be feeling around that word? Absolutely. I mean, I we talked about this in our last conversation. I I grew up in the Catholic church and going to parochial school my whole life. I went to vacation Bible school at the Baptist churches. Like I, <laughs> I was like for being a Catholic, I was also very involved in um, the Christian faith and mm-hmm. in the Baptist, specifically Baptist. Yeah. And I heard the same messaging. And, but I also was made aware of you know, when you study the history of astrology, it was Mm -hmm. like, if you think of the three wise men that followed the, you know, the star to find Jesus, they were the King's astrologers. That's what they were. And uh, in biblical times, all the way through medieval times and, and forward, um, every King had his set of astrologers Mm -hmm. And people that, you know, lived like the common people, they did everything 
by you know the old farmer's almanac like everything they did was by the stars and the moon cycles and sun cycles they used astronomy and astrology to help them with agriculture Mm. and kings used it for timing war and timing their heirs and like it was it it was really revered actually So it's, it's wild how it became this demonized thing, because it was something that was very, like you were part of court. It was a huge job because there wasn't, it was considered a science Hmm. and now it's considered a woo woo. But if you actually get into it, it's, and of course, beyond just, you know, going to Cosmo or whatever (laughs) to like read your horoscope. It's like, Hey girl, today is going to be a great day for (laughs) meeting a cute boy or whatever. Right. So much deeper than that. Yeah. And instead of leading you away from God, I found that it leads you towards God and whatever that means for you. You know, it doesn't have to be Christian God. It, you know, it can be the universe. It can be your higher self, whatever, however you commune with the greater spirit, you know, your sense of spirituality. Yeah. I find that astrology is really the roadmap of your soul in this lifetime. Mm. That's really good. I think for our, for our listeners who are still aligned with parts of the Christian faith and the Bible, for me, the biggest thing was what you just said about the wise men, because I was thinking one day about astrology and I was thinking about probably like over a year ago when I started to consider (laughs) opening these kinds of books and things and I thought about the wise men I'm like well they were astrologers from the east right and they essentially led us to the baby Jesus like they led us to Christ and I'm like what there has to be a parallel there like there has to be perhaps it is okay we you know the what if project we ask what if there are ways of thinking about God that are different and what our tradition of Hannah. So what if, you know, this, this thing of astrology can do the same for us today, if it can lead us closer to Christ, if it can lead us closer to God, if it can lead us closer to the divine, whatever it is we want to say. So for me, once I started thinking about it and kind of framing it around that, it helped kind of lower, help me release my grip on how evil <laughs> it is from what I, what I was told growing up. And I really, that's amazing. And I really think that part of that evil connotation is because the planets and the signs are all related to Greek and Roman and Babylonian um, god and goddess archetypes. Yeah. Because if you think about it, when astrology was created, that's all they had. Mm -hmm. They didn't have Christian faith. That didn't exist. Right. You mean Christian faith hasn't been around forever, Stephanie? (laughs) Its principles have. Sure, sure, sure. It was just, you know, solidified then. Yeah, yeah. So I think that, you know, it it feels like you're, if you're looking at Venus and you're the plant as a planet, but you're relating it to the archetype of Venus and Aphrodite, then yeah, that feels like that's, looks like worshiping a false god. Yeah. But really, it's just trying to help you. It's more psychology, if anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, if you think of like Carl Jung's work with archetypes, it's it's all that. It's yeah. the archetype of love and beauty and money and things that you value. Yeah. So if you can 
kind of separate from the fact that it's of a religion or a mythology that you don't like I don't I don't have any kind of like ugh, connection to that because I'm just mm-hmm. like oh okay this is you know when we're talking about the planet Venus we're talking about those archetypes and nothing else it has yeah. nothing to do with my faith and my spirituality but I think the I think it's archetypes that's a huge thing because that's helped people a lot with my listeners with the tarot stuff because again tarot is people are like oh it can't do that because it's evil but once you start realizing that the cards are just cards with pictures on them of these stories and a lot of those stories i think like you said in the last episode you can find a lot of those archetypes in the bible like a lot of the seeds that are planted in the stories of those cards are planted in the seeds of jesus's parables and things like that and so when you look at it that way and you look at astrology in the same way that the same archetypes are in the stars that are in the cards that are in the bible it's just all wired into us as humans and we can't help but bring it out wherever we are because that's just who we are and it's wired into us. So I think it's beautiful that you see the truth, so to speak, show up in all these different places. I think that speaks volumes. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So let's jump in uh, to my chart and look at me as, as kind of an example of all of this and start wading into these astrological waters and you can tell me why I am the way I am. So <laughs> where should we start? Act as if I know nothing, because that's probably pretty close to where I'm at regarding this topic. Ground level, take us in. Great. So what? Are, so what's about to happen oh is I'm going to share my screen. All right. You're going to see, and your listeners, everybody, <clears throat> if you're watching, this is on YouTube, correct? Yep, YouTube, yep. I would recommend watching this episode rather than just listening to it, because I think you'll get more out of it. Mm-hmm. And you're going to see the pie chart that is your natal chart. And what I, I'm using Mm astro.com. You can create a free chart there. And I've outlined all of that of how to pull a free chart for yourself. Mm -hmm. All you need is your date of birth, the location of where you were born and the time. And you can pull a chart without a time, but you won't know the specific rising in the houses. So it's a lot of information, but again, like I, I break it down in my book, very like step-by-step step, and you t- kind of take what you can yep. and it's, you know, you and I were talking about it before we hit record. It's a new language. You don't have to get it all at once. You don't have to get it all at <laughs> once. Just like anything that you learn that's new, you're going to grasp what you can grasp. And the more frequently you engage with it, the more like things start to connect. Yeah. So without further ado, and I'll put the link to this website in the show notes for people so they can you. click it and find it. Awesome. So ah, here is that a little bit smaller. So you can see we've got your name, your date of birth, yep, all the good things. And I'll tell you, we're using Placidus. So there's different styles. Um, and I use Placidus. Some people use whole sign. I like Placidus. You are an Aquarius sun with a Cancer rising and an Aquarius moon. And you don't have to worry about all that. We're not going to really go into this because <laughs> that's like some next level stuff. So yeah. we're just focused on this beautiful pie chart. And what does that word rising mean? What is that? So your rising sign mm-hmm. or your ascendant, that is the constellation that was rising up in the, you know, the horizon line at the exact moment of your birth. Okay. So because you were born at 3 Mm PM at 3 PM, 
the sign of cancer at 11 degrees and 17 minutes was rising up over the eastern horizon, mm. making you a cancer rising. Okay. So a lot of times people are really familiar with their sun sign and then they'll read their horoscope and be like, well, that doesn't really feel like me. Mm-hmm. And that's because you are so much more than just your sun sign. Your sun is the biggest part of your chart. Cause if you think about the sun and the solar system, all the planets revolve around the sun mm-hmm. the Sun is like this. It's the archetype of your ego and your personality and kind of like what you're meant to do in this lifetime in the brightest, shiniest way. Hmm. And the next luminary would be the moon because the moon is the closest thing to this, um, the earth. So it has the greatest effect on you. And if you think about how the moon controls the tides and how our bodies are made of water, so it really affects us emotionally. Hmm. So the moon is represents your emotions and your sun and moon are in the same sign. Mm. So, and that's not. Is that common or not common? It's so, you know how you hear about like moon cycles, how there's a new moon and a full moon. Yeah. Every yeah. So depending on where the moon is, when you were born, you were, if it's in the same sign, that means you were born on a new moon. Okay. And then they begin to separate. And if somebody is you know, Aquarius is the opposite sign of Leo. So if somebody was born with an Aquarius sun and a Leo moon, then they Mm -hmm. would have been born on a full moon. Okay. So you were born on a new moon. So they're in the same sign. So your outer self and your inner self are pretty much the same. So with you, what you see is what you get. Yep. (laughs) Sums it up. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And like for someone like myself, you know, your, your moon sign is like your private hidden self that you don't, Mm -hmm share but if it's in the same sign as your son you're happy to share that open book okay like for me i'm a leo sun which is a very extroverted sign but i'm a scorpio moon which is a very guarded Hmm. hidden you know fort knox is built around my (laughs) right nobody's getting in unless i let them (laughs) no i'll never show my hand in that way So it's, it's really interesting when you read your horoscope and you're like, that doesn't resonate because a lot of times you're thinking about your emotional self and your moon sign is completely different. Mm. So sun and moon, that's where it's like public you and private you, your ascendant or your rising sign is kind of like who's driving the bus. Mm. Like you're meant to do Aquarius things in this life via cancer okay which is ruled by the moon hmm. so that's why like you know cancers get kind of a bad rep for being moody and emotional and guarded and like kind of flying off the handle because they're ruled by the moon so their emotions are constantly changing from minute to minute hmm. and that's how they navigate the world so that means that the moon is actually your chart ruler So being really intuitive and in touch with your emotions, which is not a hallmark of Aquarius energy, Mm -hmm. but because it's such a prominent part of your chart, being your chart ruler, it would make you more sensitive and compassionate and empathetic and intuitive. I'm wondering if that's what that's, that goes into, you know, why like this podcast is very, I share a lot of personal things on it and not afraid to kind of 
I don't shy away from those emotional type things, like especially over the last six months with my dad passing away, you know, people reached out to me and they're like, thank you so much for, you know, you kept your grief kind of private, but at the same time, you publicized some things for your friends and for your listeners. And people said, thank you, because I don't know how to deal with my grief, but you almost gave me some sort of permission to do, to stop things and to do different things that you did. And people were very appreciative of that. Now, it, I, I didn't mind doing that. Like, I didn't mind sharing those things. It didn't, wasn't like a stretch for me to do that. Like it felt natural. Yes. Hmm. And that's, that cancer rising is part of that, mm-hmm. but there are other places in your chart that would speak to vulnerability being where your source of power is. Take me there. Let's see. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So you can see how there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. So the pie chart is there's 12 slices of the pie. And each slice of the pie has a different significant part of you and me and everybody. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it starts in the first house. So we call these slices of pie houses mm-hmm. and there's 12 houses in astrology, just like there's 12 signs of the Zodiac. So mm-hmm. each of those signs rules a different slice of the pie. And there's 12 disciples for those Christian listeners out there. It all ties together. Just keep going. It really does. <laughs> yeah. um, it would be interesting to, <laughs> to think <laughs> about the archetype of each house and each sign and relate it to a particular disciple. Oh, there's a rabbit hole. <laughs> oh, I'm That'd like, be fun. <laughs> you know, I like, Ooh, I, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. And I'm like thinking about them all in my head. I'm like, yeah, ah, that's really, that would be a fun, just <laughs> a mini, a mini chat to have sometime. Anyways, I digress. So the rising sign, the first house is your physical appearance. Hmm. So it's how you, you know, you really appear to people and people say the the rising sign is the mask that you wear Mm -hmm. to get things done you Mm -hmm. know so you look like a cancer and so people that have that cancer rising they exude this aura of nurturing and caring Mm. even if they have a really cold sun or moon (laughs) they come (laughs) really nurturing and caring and they're like i don't understand why everybody wants me to save them because i don't have time for that right (laughs) always kind of like end up being that person that's like gonna take care of everybody yeah yeah and then your second house so it's like here's you you're born you're this bright shiny new baby here's you as a person what you look like what people how they perceive you and then in the second house you understand your values Hmm. and that becomes like oh i value these personality traits, but also the actual things that I value, um, your self-esteem and Mm self-worth and also possessions. So the things that you have and the money you make. Hmm. So I don't have anything in that, in that slice. Is that correct? So we'll just like say really quick. No money. Nope. <laughs> so a lot of people, they're like, oh, I have empty houses and they freak out. Yeah. Everybody has empty houses. Planets are, these were the signs the planets were in. Yeah. We were born. Hmm. So they're not going to be. All over the place. Exactly. Like the, 
Mercury and Venus are super close to the sun. Mm-hmm. So they're always going to be near your sun. Mars is a little bit further away. These outer planets, they're further away. Wherever planets are in your chart is where your karma is. Mm. So these are the major areas of life for you to focus on. And if you don't have planets in a house, it just means there's no drama there. Mm. But you can see outside the chart, there's little green cliffs. Yeah. They are all, that's where the planets are in the sky. And they're always moving around your chart. So when you have a planet that's making a connection to an empty house, that's when things are going to happen in life. Hmm. So Venus is transiting your, your third house right now. So it's a great time for third house activities, which we'll, I guess we'll get into. Mm -hmm. So after your second house of learning your self-worth, then you get into the third house, which is really like communication. So this is where your like subconscious mind forms Hmm. when you're small. It's representative of early school, Hmm. traditional learning. It's your siblings. It's your like aunts and uncles. It's, it's your local kind of community. Cause when you're small, your, your community isn't the world yet. Mm -hmm. It's your neighborhood. It's your local, you know, And then your fourth house is your home and family. Hmm. So it's those experiences that you had in your family of origin that really lay the foundation for your psychological well-being and how you interpret and think of the world. Mm -hmm. So then once you venture out of the fourth house, the fifth house is pleasure and dating Hmm. and casual relationships, casual sex, but it's also your children. And the sixth house, so let's say you date them in the fifth house, Mm -hmm. and then in the sixth house, you decide if you want to integrate them into your life. So the sixth house is that work-life balance, Mm -hmm. self-care, it's pets, small pets, Mm -hmm. and daily routine. And then the seventh house is traditionally the marriage house. It doesn't have to be an actual like ring on the finger type marriage, but- you know, domestic partnerships, people that you have an intimate relationship with that you want to partner with. So these are business relationships, but it's also the house of open enemies. Hmm. Whenever I watch like a cheesy movie where it's like these people fall in love and it feels so like, (gasps) and then they get married and then they hate each other. And it's the war of the roses. Like that's that energy. It's like, you thought they were great in the fifth house and then you, you married them and it's uh, not so good in the seventh. (laughs) Right. So let's say that you do partner with somebody in the seventh house and it goes well, then you take them into the eighth house, which is you combine your finances and your resources. Mm. So the eighth house is sex, death, and taxes. It's all Mm. the taboo. It's all the transformation. I was thinking (laughs) when you said the apostles, I was like, oh, this is Paul. This is the house. (laughs) Because Paul was Saul and then he became Paul. So this is that energy of transformation of, I was a, you know, wasn't a great human. And then I, you know, saw the light and transformed Yeah, took all my pain and then became this like humanitarian and look at that in that eighth house. I was going to say, I have a lot of things going on in that house. Mercury. (laughs) Yeah. Like all this, like it's everything that's taboo. This is why it's like hilarious about your chart of (laughs) 
creative project where you're like, let's take all of these things. Stir and the pot. <laughs> stir the pot. This is Aquarius energy is a pot stir. Interesting. But in the natural Scorpio house is like, we want to, we want to pull all of this taboo stuff out of the closet and drag it into the light and demystify it, kill its power and like understand it. So like you are doing your Dharma. (laughs) Yeah. It's so funny because I just had somebody, we just talked to um, the other day, uh, name is giving me Teresa Reed tarot lady mm-hmm. and uh, she came on the show and we were talking about tarot that lady. very thing I don't remember if we we're doing it before the recording or after but we we're talking about how there's so many misconceptions around like tarot and obviously astrology and I said I have this this desire to drag it out of the closet that I've been told to keep it in oh, wow. <laughs> and shine this light on it because I think all of my fears are based upon the fact that I've only believed what I've been told. I've never looked at it for myself. And so I, I want to look at it. So let me take it out of the closet, put it under the light, get as much information as I can, talk to people who are knowledgeable like you, make my own decision. And let's just touch the taboo thing. <laughs> so that makes perfect sense. Yes, it is yeah. literally what you're here to do. Because hmm. you're, like you said, your your moon is your, you get an emotional like your moon is also where you self-soothe. So by hmm. diving deep into these topics it really nurtures your soul on a deep level and your sun, it lights you up. It excites you. Mercury is a planet that talks about our, our mindset, our communication, Mm. how we speak, how we think. So you want to talk about it Mm. and talking through things as a, so it makes sense. You're a podcast host. It's deeply, deeply satisfying for you. Like you can see all these planets are all, piled up together. And when they're that close together, they're all kind of jockeying for position Wow. and they're blending. It's called a conjunction. Hmm. So they're all very tightly put together and you, you have Venus there too. Venus is like, wait, wait, I know I'm in Capricorn, but I want to be part of the party I'm right by the line. <laughs> Let me in. <laughs> Let me in. I want to be close too. So, and Venus is in a different sign. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have that rebellious free spirit Capricorn energy. It's actually, it's in very grounded, very serious Capricorn. So it's like, Hey guys, I know you want to fly off into the stratosphere, but let's, let's figure out a way how, how we can do this where you'll be feel emotionally good, but you can also get your bills paid. Hmm. Interesting. It's almost like a, a force that keeps all of the pot stirring grounded, so to speak, like a grounding force. Let's mm-hmm. not get too, let's not get too crazy. Let's make sure that we tie some things down. Yes. Yeah. So that's what earth placements do. Earth huh. placements can be seen by people that have a lot of air and fire in them as like a wet blanket, mm-hmm. <laughs> but they're really like, Hey, like, how can we, how can we be, you know, take this seriously, be mature about it. Yeah. And like, live a fulfilling life under, you know, capitalist, whatever. Yeah. Cause we have, you know, we have to play by the rules of life, but it, it doesn't have to be boring. Yeah. Yeah. So that eighth house is that energy. Busy so, house. Busy house. <laughs> so you see how the sec there's always like the opposite. 
seesaw. So if the second yeah. house is your personal values and how you make the money, the eighth house is other people's resources. Hmm. So you're you're kind of here to <laughs> get money from other people. <laughs> yep, that's what the podcast does, right? <laughs> exactly. It's like yeah. you get to shine and monetize. Now, is there anything on that chart that makes that would explain because like I I do that, right? We have like Patreon, for instance. So we invite Patreon supporters. But I feel extremely, <clears throat> excuse me, I feel extremely, what's the word? Hesitant, extremely at times uncomfortable, extremely like I don't resistant. Yeah, like I, I feel like I don't I don't want don't to really, do it. Yeah. I don't want to burden people. I don't want to ask oh, people. Yes. I don't feel like I deserve going this. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Yeah. So just real quick, between the eighth and the and the tenth is the ninth house. And yep. the ninth house is the opposite of the third. So the third is where you grew up, your local community, yeah. elementary school, high school, middle school, la la la. Ninth house is then you go out into the world to college. Yeah. You go study philosophy of the world. You start to form your own like the third house is I read this in a book the mm -hmm. ninth house is like I went and I experienced life and I figured it out for myself okay and then you take that wisdom into the tenth house yeah. which is your career and your legacy and the ruler of that tenth house midheaven is Pisces mm -hmm. and Pisces never wants to be a burden <laughs> Pisces never wants to like they need they definitely need help and yeah. assistance, but they don't want to ask for it. They don't feel yeah. deserving and worthy of it. Yeah, that's it. Because they want to be of service. Yeah. And they want to make sure that they're giving enough to warrant. But if you're here to, like, that's why astrology is great, because it's like, you can look at your chart and be like, well, actually, I'm here to gain resources from other people. Mm. It's a karmic point. Yeah. That feels uncomfortable. So part of that karma is for you to rise above it huh. and open yourself up and realizing that like people want to support you. Yeah. It's not. Huh. Having having a moment over here, process trying to process that. Yeah, that's 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 big because it's not, it's a hard thing for me. And I struggle with that. You know, just having this conversation with my wife at that long ago, and especially after my father passed away, you know, and I stopped doing all the podcast things. And I said to her, I'm like, well, you know, what about the Patreon people? And she's like, well, what about them? I'm like, well, they signed up, you know, I feel uncomfortable anyway that they're signed up and giving me money. I said, but they're believing what we're doing. And now I'm not going to be doing anything. I'm not going to be giving anything. I don't deserve to have all of the, you know, to have this. And that was a big conversation for me and like a big thing I wrestle with. And even now that things have kicked back up again, you know, the monthly invite, I dread that. Like I dread that post. I dread sending out that post of the monthly invite to sign up for Patreon because I feel that energy of not deserving or not, not being good enough or whatever it is to have people support in that way. But I also feel the inclination of, like you said, you know, this is part of what I do. This is what I'm wired to do. It's who I am. And the natural occurrence is that people are going to support what I do. And hmm. even deeper of what we just spoke about 
you can see this little, it looks like an upside down key. Yeah. That's, it's an asteroid that is always included. Asteroids are minor planets that play a big role and there's thousands of them. So mm -hmm. I don't include all of them in my readings. I mm -hmm. include obviously your major major planets and luminaries. And then I include the North Node, Chiron, and then sometimes a couple others, depending on what people are going through. Chiron is always included. Hmm. Chiron was a centaur in mythology that was shot with arrows and basically had to walk the world in pain, but not dead. Hmm. And so basically what Chiron represents in a chart is the wound, your karmic wound that you were born into this life with. And it moves slowly. So everybody who was born in 1982, I mean, it's like a seven year span. I don't know the exact dates of it, but mm -hmm. I, I think there is, I think it's in the book, easily Googleable, mm -hmm. um, depending on when you were born, where it is. It's in this by sign and house shows you the wound that you're here to transform. Mm. So us, and I also was born in 82, in the sign of Taurus, Taurus is the natural ruler of the second house, those values, self-esteem and self-worth in our physical bodies. So Taurus is the sign of what is mine. So when mm. there's a wound against that sense of self-worth and possessions, mm -hmm. it's, a whole have not, mm. I don't feel worthy of having the finer things in life and having stability and having mm. resources. Mm. So it's especially hard for entrepreneurs with this placement to feel, to feel worthy of, I mean, it's, it's like deeper than just having finances, having pleasure, having like good things. Like we're so hard on ourselves and we don't feel worthy and deserving unless we're really overextending ourselves wow. hmm. and in that house that comes after the 10th house where we talked about, this is where you establish your career and your yeah. legacy in the 11th house. That's where you then shine it out to bigger, larger groups. This is the internet, mm -hmm. the worldwide network. This is like groups of people that you belong to. So when you're young, it's like your social clubs. But then as you get older, it's like your social media groups, you know, friends you meet on the internet, the mm. podcast, Patreon groups, and you've got a big old wound there against feeling worthy and deserving of it. Interesting. Again, it's, you are karmically here to transform that. Hmm. Funny, I've always, I've always struggled when, since I was a kid with not feeling enough, not feeling good enough. And this, I've talked about this on the podcast before, but especially like in seminary and Bible college, like, you know, I was told that was like my demon, right? Like that was the thing that needed to be cast out of me. That was the thing that was going to hold me back. That was the thing that, you know, I had to stop believing the lies of this thing. And I can't tell you like literally how many called the deliverance sessions, exorcism type things where people literally hands on me anointing with oil trying to cast this thing out of me but it makes so much more sense now like i feel much less crazy looking at that and seeing that 
that's literally the way that I'm wired based upon what this chart is saying. And that, that thing is something that trying to think of the right wording for it, but like that thing is something that can fuel me in my work and what I do, because I feel a real connection to help other people feel like they're enough. Because and that's the right? second part. And that is the second part of the Chiron wound is huh. once you recognize it and you figure it out and you realize that nobody can heal it for you. Mm-hmm. You have to be the one to do the hard work of receiving. Hmm. Then that becomes your work to help other people with. Wow. It's the thing you go through and then it becomes your, your great work. Mm. Mm. Um, and it, it was, it, you know, just to say like for people that grew up in the eighties, that was like a huge decade of excess, mm-hmm. you know, that's when people were starting to get personal computers. That's when yeah. like all the video game things came out and it was a real line in the sand of seeing other people have things yeah. and then being reminded of things you don't have. Mm-hmm. It was a hard, it was a hard time for eighties kids yeah. and these kids, you know, they grew up with a lot of them have, um, Chiron in, in cancer. Mm-hmm. So they have this whole like motherhood wound. So they're all afraid to have kids. It's like, mm-hmm. this is something that like in my private, like with my private clients that we dive deep into the Chiron wounds. Yeah. Interesting. Um, and then I also want to just touch on after that 11th house, you know, making connections with the world at large, then you go into the 12th house. And the 12th house is, it's the house of like, kind of what happens to your body after. It's like when you start to realize um, that life is temporary, where do you go afterwards? Um, It's the house of escapism. Mm. So if you have planets here, it's like, where do you, where do you escape Mm. through substances, through sex addiction, through drugs, through alcohol, through being addicted to your phone? Mm -hmm. Just, I think, I think the 12th house really affects people in their Mm twenties and they're looking for something outside of themselves instead of looking inward. Because sure. if you engage with it in a way that is looking inward, it can be deeply creative because that's where you can jump into the stream and swim with the collective consciousness. Mm. And that's where you can like become a channel. Mm. Like I know you're, you're recording with um, the holistic psychologist and I yeah. feel like she is so, ta- I would love to look at her chart and see mm what her 12th house placements is because she's so tapped into the collective consciousness of what it's not her kind of like sitting there content creating. It's like meditating and opening herself up to become a channel and to in the 12th house, you basically talk to God and say, God, you know, make me a messenger of your peace. Yeah. Yeah. Let me download and speak it and write it and create and draw it and paint it and create it. Like that's where all of that juicy energy comes from. But Mm. if you shut that part of yourself down, it becomes where you disengage and basically build a prison for yourself. Mm. It's also hospitals and prisons 
Like I did um, Nelson Mandela's chart because I was so fascinated with how long he was imprisoned for. And he has like huge 12th house placements. Interesting. So like, there's all like, there's so much, like I, I'm trying yeah. to like, myself in, but it's so interesting to look at where all of our special stuff is. And I think astrology is so important, especially when people are feeling crappy about themselves because they're looking at everybody else doing these big, amazing things. And they're like, why not me? And I'm like, you could just look at your chart and see that you don't have to compare yourself to somebody else because here are all of your gifts. Yeah. And if you could just get over your fear. Yeah. And, you know, let the, let the current kind of like take you. Yeah. You could be living the big life that you want. Yeah. Yeah, something you said earlier, I was I took a note. Um, I forget which house it was, but it was I think it was the eighth house. You had said about like my soul feels nurtured when I dig into different things. And yes. we have this, it's just funny, like I feel like I said this to my wife, that I feel like I I get filled up when I'm like alone studying something. Like I need time at the bookstore. I need time with my books behind me. I need time with my highlighters and my pens and my notebook. And like, I feel like if I don't have that time, I get very agitated inside. And we were actually on a vacation. We were at the beach and we had to sit. We were with some friends and things like that. And there was just one day where I was just feeling very overwhelmed. And my wife's like, you need to go find a coffee shop and take, because I was actually reading your book at the time, take the astrology book, (laughs) take the different things and go, go dive into something and you'll feel much better. And she that she knows that about me. And I know that about me too, but that makes perfect sense because that's very true. And that's actually very supported by your Mars and Saturn in your fourth house. Hmm. So Mars is outward action where Venus is receptive, like feminine energy hmm. receiving Mars is then what do we do with it? We take it and we take action. Yeah. So how you where your Mars sign is and what um so the sign in the house are gonna tell you what you need and how you take action in the world. Huh. Um so it's in Libra in your fourth house. And the fourth house is down here at the bottom of the chart where the your career and who and your public self are up at the top of the chart. Mm-hmm. Opposite is your your private nurturing self. Hmm. So you need, in order to do for others, you've got to fill your own cup first. Yeah. And in the sign of Libra, Libra is the sign of partnership. Hmm. And so Mars and Libra is, it's like a detrimental placement. I have it too. We have very similar <laughs> because of our, just, you know, our birthdays are. Yeah. So, um, So when Mars was in Libra, it's a passive aggressive. Hmm. So you would not be like, it's a very chill placement, Hmm. but man, if you feel pressed against the wall or a boundary violation, that's when you snap. Yes. It's a lot to get there because Libra is all about, I will do anything to keep the peace Yep. until I'm backed into a corner. Yep. And you really force my hand. Yeah. So down here, it's like you have to recharge, but you almost need your partner to give you the green light. Yeah. yeah. That's that passive. Like you need to, you can, 
you can access all that like male energy, yep. but you really need somebody to help bring it out. Yep. So when your partner gives you that green light, it deeply helps you be like, okay, now I can go. So just yeah. remember. I almost feel like I can't do it on my own, if that makes yes. sense. Like, I almost feel like I need the other, I need her yes. to tell me it's mm -hmm. okay. You know, it's okay to not do right now for everybody That's else is going to do for you. Yes. Yeah. Because you won't. You'll do for everybody yeah. until somebody calls you out Yeah, and says it's okay. So I, I like, I want to tell every Mars and Libra person to make themselves a physical it's cheesy, but like grab a piece of printer paper and make yourself, get your, get your daughter's markers and <laughs> make yourself a permission slip. Yeah. It's somewhere you can see it Yeah, and say, this is my permission slip from the, from everybody that it's okay for me to go and, and do these things that I need. Yeah. And then I can do for everybody else. And wow. Saturn is right there too. So Saturn is like the planet of like responsibility. Hmm. and it's here in everybody's chart to help ground them and get them to mature and grow yeah i mean we could do a whole episode on saturn it's so intense but saturn with your mars is like really helping you like not be impulsive hmm. and it hmm. tempers all the impulsive you get excited and then you talk yourself out of it. Yeah. That's Saturn. Yeah. I do that all the time. This is really great. It's going to be really awesome. Yeah. I almost talked myself out of our, our episode at one point because I was like, we're going to do astrology. We're going to do it. It's going to be amazing. And I'm like, man, I don't know if I can. I don't know. Like, I don't know anything about it. I know enough of the, you know, to feel like I don't know enough to have a conversation. I, I, don't, I don't think I can do it. You know, so I literally almost talked myself out of something I was super excited to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's me. Yes. Wow. So remember when you're feeling like talking yourself out of it, it's that's like, that's your, you know, your, your fear and your ego trying to keep you safe. Yeah. Saturn nothing wrong with me. To, yeah. There's nothing wrong. Absolutely nothing wrong with you. It's always trying to keep yeah. you safe. And then you have the Saturn there to be like, well, are you, are you actually safe? Yeah. Like what's the worst that could really happen? Yeah. And then do the, do the scary thing. Yeah. And it'd be fine. Yeah. yeah. You're not going to think you're actually going to fly. Right. Wow. I need to, I need to sit with all this. Cause this is a lot. This is really it's good. Cause I, I feel like this really, cause I, I got some of this from your book, but this seeing it and having someone actually break it down piece by piece and explain it to me. And I can ask questions is, is really, really helpful. So Thank you for this, by the way. Thank you for taking the time to look me up and help me understand more because this validates a lot of things for me that I do wrestle with. Because again, growing up in that church setting, I was told that a lot of these things were weaknesses that wouldn't make me a good pastor. Wouldn't make me, you know, um, things I had to work through, like as a demon that I had to cast out or whatever. So seeing all this and knowing that this is how I'm wired gives me a much better idea of what my gifts are and how to harness those things to do the work that I do. So thank you. Absolutely. And I just want to say one quick final. Yeah, please, please. For all the listeners that are deeply entrenched in their spirituality, yeah. that's Neptune. 
Neptune rep it's the higher octave of Venus and mm -hmm. Neptune is the ruler of Pisces. So it rules your midheaven, mm -hmm. which is what you're supposed to do. So you're supposed, you are here. Your part of your legacy is talking about spirituality and transcendence. Mm -hmm. So where, where that shows up in your chart will tell you about how, where your spirituality and religion plays a part in your life. Mm. It's right here in your sixth house of your daily routine and self-care. So it's, it's very important to you. Mm. And it was almost your career. Like I said, your second house really talks about what you're going to do for your career. And your sixth house is like integrating that work-life balance and your 10th mm. house is your legacy. So those three houses are connected to how you earn your money, how the world sees you and religion is hugely important to you. So mm. you weren't wrong to like, you were meant to grow up in that, in that environment and meant to have those beliefs and you're meant to transform them. Mm. That's like validation that I'm living my yes purpose, living my, my thing. Yeah. Totally. My passion point. Wow. So wow. if you're, if it feels good and it's driving you and you yeah. feel excited about it, like go for it, but don't grip so tightly to what it's supposed to look like. And I would say this to everybody because life is long. The wheel is constantly turning yeah. and what you think is your thing when you're young is probably your thing, but you have to let it breathe yeah. and grow yeah. so you can grow and you don't stay dogmatic. Yeah. Yeah, I thought my thing, you know, when I was younger, I was going to be, I was going to be a pastor forever. I knew my thing, pastor church, behind the pulpit every Sunday for the rest of my life. That's my thing. And then honestly, like when I left that and everything started to fall apart, I was like, I must have missed my calling. I must have missed the thing I was supposed to do. Like, I, I don't know what to do with my life now. I don't have this. And once like the pot, once I started like rethinking my faith and things and the podcast today came along, I was like, oh, like I can still do the thing, but just do it very differently than I used to do it. And yeah. maybe I'll be doing the thing much differently than I am now. And 10 years down the road, who knows what life will look like at that point, but I can do the thing in different settings, even though it's still the very same thing. Exactly. Yeah. Like this is the thing for now. It yeah. doesn't have to be the thing forever. Yeah. And I think people just need to kind of wrap their head around the fact that things are going to change. Your work yeah. now will look very different in 10 years, yeah. but you're doing all the work now to set yourself up for that. So that yeah. when, those opportunities come along, you're ready for it. Like for yeah. you, you're going to transform like the Phoenix over and over and over again. Hmm. Hmm. So don't resist the Patreon now because that's the thing now and it'll become something totally different. Down the road. Yeah. Yeah. So I so hope that helps. I know this is like yeah. so much information, but like these are, this is what I do when I do the readings. Yeah. Sit here no. just like this and I talk them through everything that's going on and help them understand good. themselves. It's good. All right. So talk to our listeners for a minute because I we're, now we're, we're at the top of the hour. So I don't want to keep you too long because you got you got your day. But really quick, um, somebody gets your book, the workbook. Obviously, they can start on page one. It's the best place to start. But where, how should they use? What's the best way to use this book so they can start to maybe glean some insight from their own birth chart? And maybe come to some of the conclusions that you just shared with me on their own using what you've done in this book. Yes. So it's really set up 
the way I talk through a birth chart Mm -hmm. is very similar to how I structured the book because I am a self-taught astrologer. Mm -hmm. I didn't go to school for this. I, I went through a divorce and I left my job and my whole life fell apart. And I was like, what the actual F Mm -hmm. it's when my spirituality, you know, I had like a crisis and spirituality came to the fore and I used, I had a birth chart reading and it blew my mind. I was like, oh my, it's like, same thing. I'm like, you got me and I feel so seen and I've never felt so seen. And then I, I took it and I started studying it on my own and looking things up and Mm. realizing that as these planets around transit, they really show you your timeline of, oh, that's why my marriage fell apart. That's why I left the job, blah, 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 blah. Mm. And I didn't feel so scared anymore to move life. So I broke it down really simply where I would start at the beginning because it's the first thing you want to understand is what you're looking at when you look at the wheel, Mm. what the houses mean. And then it goes into what each planet means, Mm. what the houses are. And then, and it's not just reading it. It's, it's a workbook style. So you write in your own things. And I think it's really I always learn by doing, yeah. not just reading. So I'm reading it and then I'm writing down, okay, my sun is in this house. My moon is here. It's in this sign. So the more kind of repetition mm-hmm. and it also has like journal questions yeah, to kind of get you to feel it more on a psychological, emotional place yeah, other than just like memorizing and mm. not grasping the concepts. So Mm. again, it's, it's a very beginner book. So you're not going to like, it's not going to throw too much at you, but you could just pick the book up and, and go right to like, Oh, what is, you know, my moon, what does my moon in Libra mean? Mm -hmm. And just read the, like, you could look at all those things and just read those descriptions, or you could follow the book along. You could do a combination of it, but it's, it's all broken up in there to help you understand all of this. So I, I hope yeah. that when you, now that we've had this reading together, you can go back and, and kind of relook at those placements yeah, and see if you see things differently. Yeah. There's or- a lot of things in there that I had questions about when I first went through it, that now that I see it laid out like this and the way that you explained it, as you took me through, it, I'm like, Oh, that makes more sense to me now. So I think, I think my advice, if I could give advice to our listeners, if they were to get this book would be take your time through it. Like there's no, there's no rush, right? <laughs> you don't have to rush through it. Um, but even just take it one piece at a time, because you do to your point, you break it down very easily in the book and it makes it very easy to kind of go through the different um, houses and things and to kind of read about yourself in those places. So yeah, really, yeah. really good. Thank you. Yeah. When I was learning, it was like, I had my chart reading Then I like downloaded a course. I bought a book. I like Googled things and it was all over the place. So I tried to just take all of that and put it in one place. Yeah. And it's, it's the gift. Astrology is really the gift that keeps on giving. The more you engage with it, the more you understand it. So I feel like my book is something that you could just go through again and again and again and get something different every, like each time. Yeah. Oh, I got a little visitor. Yeah. <laughs> What's your cat's name? Luna. Luna, the perfect name. Perfect yes. name. All right. Uh well, you have time for one more question? Absolutely. Okay. 
So what what does it look like for you, Stephanie, to use this material like in your everyday life? Because I mentioned in an email, I said about like horoscopes and you said you don't read the horoscopes. And so that's interesting to me because growing up, like that's what astrology was, was the horoscope in the newspaper and not that was astrology. But obviously it's much more in depth than that. So if you're not using horoscopes like on a regular basis, what, how does all of this fit into your daily life? Big yeah. question. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's like reading those sun sign horoscopes yeah. are the way, like, that's how we all kind of get excited about it. It's fun. Yeah. yeah. It's a little mini divination, but I feel like it's very irresponsible because the way that they're written and I wrote, I wrote horoscopes for a blog, um, for an online magazine for years. Mm. And I, I just, the longer I did it, I was like, I don't feel like, I feel irresponsible doing this because they're written for the rising sign. Mm. So during, let's say right now, the sun is in Libra. Yeah. So it would be written for a Libra rising, not for a Libra sun. Uh. So you, if you're re, if you do for your listeners who do like to read their horoscopes, don't mm -hmm. stop doing it, but pull your birth chart, find out where your rising sign is and read that horoscope along with your sun sign and see if your rising resonates more. Mm. Cause that's connected to where the planets are in the sky. Yeah. Um, for myself, I don't even look at that. I have um, an app that I look at on my phone daily. It's called, um, what is it called? Ha, I should know that. Let me look at my phone. Time <laughs> Passages. Time Passages is a great app. They have a free version. I have the pro version because uh -huh. I can plug in natal charts, but I want to see where the planets are in the sky. I want to know where the moon is. Um, I'm really looking at, see those green planets yeah. Where is Saturn right now? Where's Pluto? How are they talking to my chart? Yeah. So just as an example, I use it for timing. Um, you can look at it for when the timing of when some challenging things are going to happen. Like mm. I knew in 2020 to 2021 was going to be a really challenging time for everybody. But for me personally, I was yeah. like, oh, my whole life is going to change. And I would look at that for a client and I would say, okay, you're going to have to be really ready to let some things go. Yeah. Because there's stuff that wants to come into your life that you need to make room for. Hmm. Um, hmm. It'll tell you the ending of relationships. And I don't want to say it'll show death. Sure. Because you never, like, it could be the death of a relationship. Right. The death of a job. Yeah. Death of a dream. Right. The death of a dream, the death of an old way of being not, you never know if it's going to be an actual physical death. Right. It can be a challenge like to health, like yeah. there, can, but I don't want people to be afraid of that. Cause mm -hmm. again, you have to move through life and there are going to be challenging times, but they're happening to help get you to the next place. Right. But you can also use it for great timing. Like I did a Kickstarter. Mm. I did, um, my last tarot deck and I timed it for when Jupiter planet of abundance and luck was in the house of other people's money mm. and Venus was there and it was just all everything lined up. And I ended up making like almost $40,000. Wow. Yeah. 
So yeah. you can really use it for to your advantage when sure. you're looking at changing jobs, when you're moving, when you want to call in partnerships, pregnancies, like it'll show you everything. Interesting. So wow. I looked at, I remember looking at placements of, oh, this would be a great time for a relationship when I was in a terrible relationship. Mm. And I did the the Pluto thing and let the relationship go. And I was like, I'll never be in another relationship. Like there's not enough time in between mm. enough when that great timing came around. That's when I got together with my now husband. Like it's crazy. Like yeah. it can really help you. It's not here to, to hurt you. Sure. It's just wow. a roadmap for your life. Yeah. Wow. Stephanie. I could, uh, I could go, we could, we have so much more we could talk about. I have so many other questions, but, uh, we are, we are, uh, nearing the end of our, we've, we've passed the end of our time, but thank you so much for taking the time to do this with me. Thanks for taking the time to talk to our listeners. And, uh, maybe we could do like a part two, cause I would like to hear more about your personal story with these things. So you had mentioned about your divorce, you mentioned about different things. I would love to hear, you know, more about how like your own chart and how your own things have gone into whether it's decisions you've made, things that have happened and even playing like Monday morning quarterback, like looking back over your life and saying, ah, like this is why this happened kind of thing. Like I would love to hear more about that because I think it would help me and also would help our listeners kind of get a better feel for how this kind of stuff makes its way into everyday life. Absolutely. I would also love that, you know, like just even looking at your chart, like that Saturn yeah. and where Saturn was in your eighth house and, and Pluto together and, you know, how that affected losing your dad. Like, that's, yeah, like I see that in your chart. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, <laughs> they move very slowly. So it's like, yeah. whatever, and whatever challenging things that we experience, well, yeah. that can, exact configuration doesn't come around twice typically in one lifetime. Oh, so it's wow. what, what you experienced and the pain, yeah. it was a moment in time and you're not gonna like, don't be afraid to move forward. Don't be afraid to be oh. vulnerable. Don't be afraid to, to love again, to try again, to all these yeah. things, because what happened in the past is that was one astrological configuration that is never going to be quite the same again. Wow. Thank you. That's, that's good. To, that's, that's helpful for me to hear. Thank you. Uh, where real quick, where can people find you online? I put it in the show notes last time, but where are the best places to go? Yes. So, um, I mostly live on Instagram. Mm -hmm. I am at moon void tarot, all one word. Um, my website, moonvoidtarot.com. I have, a like an online coven. I send out tarot spreads, astrology insights, all that good stuff. And, yep. um, all my books are on Amazon. Awesome. And in the bookstore too. I see them in the bookstore. Like, Oh, that's my friend. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Are you so, working on anything new? Is anything coming down the pipeline or anything you can talk about or not so much? I just signed a well contract mm. in progress, but my oh, okay. Next Zip. Book, it, my next book will be out in the summer of 25. Excellent. So we just right. did that, but we'll talk about that a little later. But later. Lots of lots of new books coming. Awesome. I'm excited. Well, thank you again for the time and we'll do this again soon. Thank you so much, Glenn. Take care. All right.